A shoot shall come out of the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the lion and the fatling together. And a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp. And the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. This is the second Sunday in Advent, and it is that day when we remember the gift of peace that is given to us in Jesus. And when we think, when we think of peace, we usually think of it as the absence of conflict, the absence of conflict. So imagine uh, that there is a war, and the war is over, and we say now there is peace. Or imagine you have teenagers. I know none of you here can imagine that, but imagine you have teenagers, and they the whole afternoon they've been arguing and nitpicking each other, and you finally say, can we not have one minute of peace and so they go to their rooms, and yes, now there is peace in the household. But here's the thing. When the Bible speaks of peace, it really means something much more than the absence of conflict. Uh, the Hebrew word shalom, the Greek word irene, peace, as we translate it, means more like completion. It means wholeness. It means life as it is meant to be. It's, it's as if you're saying everything is 
right with the world. Peace, that gift of peace in God offers us this sense of fulfillment and wholeness. I think that most of us, at some point in our life, get this kind of glimpse of what the peace of God feels like. We have these brief experiences of God's peace in our lives. So think about a holiday when all of your family, or a baptism, when all of your family comes together, they fly in, they drive in, you've got everybody home, you have this wonderful meal together, and then afterwards you're sitting around and maybe you're playing a game or you're watching a ball game or a holiday special, and for a moment you look around that room and you just have this sense that everything is right with the world. This is how things should be. You see, peace carries this sense of being rightly related, of all things being as they should be, all things being the way that God has made them to be. And once in a while, we experience that sense of peace. You can't think your way to it. But by the grace of God, once in a while, you know that deep sense of peace. So when we come to chapter 11 of Isaiah, we get this wonderful image of what we call the peaceable kingdom. Uh, It's a, it's a, a picture of the future that God promises. Uh, It should remind us of Genesis chapter 2 in the Garden of Eden, where everything is in right relationship, where everyone, uh, you know, all the people, all the animals, and the living God are all as they should be. The peaceable kingdom where uh, the wolf and the lamb, they're they're curled up together over there. And and the, the calf and... The lion, ah, they're chasing each other in the field and rolling and tumbling together and having a great time. That, that little kid is playing over there with the snake. It's, it's their best friend, maybe in the Jameson household. That's, that's true. But for most of us, that's not our idea of the perfect kingdom. In the peaceable kingdom, you see everything is related one to the other There's no fear. There's no danger. Everything is as God intends, which is really the kingdom of God that Jesus promises to us as well, that there's no fear, there's no danger. Everything is as it is meant to be. That is the peace that you and I seek and seek to inhabit and seek to receive in this season of Advent. But there's something that is really important here in this chapter 11, and that is Isaiah is giving this glorious vision of the future, this this peaceful, peaceable kingdom. And yet, 
If you're reading the rest of Isaiah, if you're reading what's going on around chapter 11, you will quickly find that the prophet is being sent by God to tell the people you're headed in the wrong direction, you're doing the wrong thing, you're not living life as you should be living it. You're turning your backs on me, God, and I'm, I'm begging you, turn back, do what you should be doing. And yet this is not going to end well for God's people. You go back to the 6th century, they're going to be conquered, 6th century B.C., they're going to be conquered by the Babylonians. They're going to be taken into exile in a foreign land. They're going to be cut off from Zion, the holy mountain of God. They're going to be cut off from their ability to worship at the temple. They're going to be cut off from the holy of the holies, which is where they believe God dwells. For almost 150 years, these people are going to be in exile in Babylon. So the imagery of the tree that has been cut down and all that remains is a stump is the imagery of the house of David being cut off. For these people, this is about the worst possible thing that could ever happen to them. But you see, with God, the worst thing is never the last thing. The worst thing is never the last thing when God is our God. It doesn't matter if your temple is closed down. It doesn't matter if you're taken into exile in Babylon. It doesn't matter what the world might bring at you because the worst thing that you can imagine is never the last thing, says the living God. Even death in this world is not the last word because God promises a peaceable kingdom. God promises life abundant. God's promises are faithful and steadfast. And so out of that stump comes a new shoot. Listen, if you're a landscaper, I don't know where Reed is, but Reed could tell you, if you cut down a tree, if you even take a grinder and you grind down that stump, sure enough, from one of those roots, a shoot is going to still emerge. You see, the message here in Isaiah is that no matter what is happening in our world, no matter what might be happening in our lives, no matter how difficult it might be, it is not the last word that God is bringing new life, that God is finding a way forward, that God is going to do something if we are paying attention, if we are open to the way God is at work in the world. When we come to this peaceable kingdom, there's something in it that's, that's really peculiar. And I don't know if you've ever noticed this about the passage, but you get all these animals. You get three times children. You get two children playing with snakes, and then you get a, a child leading them. But what you don't get in this passage, anybody know? A grown-up. There is no adult in this 
vision of the peaceable kingdom. Now, does that mean that we're all going to end up one day just children again? I, I can think of worse things, to be honest. But remember, the scriptures are always trying uh, to evoke in us things that are spiritual, things that are of faith, things that you can't always fully grasp. It's not trying to be so literal. Remember, Jesus tells us, if you want to enter the kingdom of God, you must become like a little child. And so we get this again in this passage of Isaiah. And the thing about a little child is that they are still open to everything. All the possibilities of life are stretched out before them. Little children still have imagination. They still have wonder. They still, they still have awe. And wow, a, a, an ant is walking there. They still are open to the world, but as we grow up, what happens? Our minds become closed. I've made up my mind. We become set and fixed. We become uh, dependent upon our eyes and our ears to tell us what is real. But the little child is not yet set in those ways. You see, this passage tells us that there is more than what meets the eye. There is more than what meets our ears, that there is a deeper reality that is work in Jesus Christ. And the only way that we can access it, the only way we can experience the peace of God, the life that God offers, is to open ourselves to the power of God's Spirit. It is the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of counsel. It is the spirit of knowledge of the Lord. It is the spirit that gives us the fear of the Lord, which doesn't mean we're afraid. It means that we're in awe and wonder at who God is and what God does, even now, even here, even in the midst of hard times and suffering. There is a shoot that is emerging. You see, for the people of Israel, that cutting off of the house of David is then fulfilled in the new shoot that is born in the manger in Bethlehem. For Jesus is in the lineage of David, and Jesus is the fulfillment of what God promises, that the new shall come into being, that the peaceable kingdom shall come into our midst, that the kingdom of God shall be with us here and now. But you and I, we have to open ourselves to the Spirit. We have to remember what it is to know that with God all things are possible. We have to receive the Spirit of God and let it dwell within us. You see, that's the message of the season of Advent, to remember who Jesus Christ is, to remember what he does for us, and to remember that when Jesus is resurrected, he will say, peace, my peace I give to you. And then he will blow on the disciples and ask them to receive the Holy Spirit. 
you and I, we can receive and experience the peace of God here and now, no matter what we are facing in the world or in our lives, if we are open to God's spirit working within us. And when we have that peace that we carry into the world, others will sense our peace and will want to know what it is about us that gives us that peace in the world. In and through Jesus Christ, you and I, thanks to a baby born in a manger, can honestly proclaim, let there be peace on earth, and let it begin with me. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.